welcome to today's Fifth Step podcast. Today I'll be talking to Darren Ray, CEO of Fifth Step, about the recent data breaches uh, that have occurred, particularly in the US. Um, as you've probably heard, Equifax and Deloitte uh, have all uh, suffered quite major incidents. Uh, so today I'm talking to Darren about the importance of having a data breach plan. Um, so where do we begin, Darren? Well, this is a really sub- important subject, Chris, and one that um, some quite large companies don't seem to have taken particularly serious uh, based on what, at least what's been uh, in the press. Now, I have to stress that um, FISTEP isn't involved with uh, Equifax or Deloitte um, or indeed Yahoo or any of the organisations that we're going to mention as having data breaches. So our information is purely based just on the press releases and the information that you've all probably read in the newspapers as well. Okay, so that said... Um, what we'll, what we'll talk about today is the, the, the what and the why and the how of data breaches. So um, let's talk about what a data breach plan is, um, because I think that's, the, that's the, the first logical point, and that's, the, that's what people uh, tend to ask the question, or very often will ask the question of me. So a data breach. Uh, it's a type of incident response plan. Now, an incident response uh, plan is something you have in place to help you understand how you're going to deal with a particular type of incident, an emergency, a business continuity event. Organisations should really have at least a basic incident response plan in place, Um, but ideally they'll have one in place for all the different kinds of risks that their organisation faces, including data breaches. It's becoming a legal requirement, isn't it? It absolutely is, Chris. In fact, um, as part of the... um, uh, GDPR, you have to be able to respond to a data breach within 72 hours of being of finding out about it. So you can't do that without a data breach. And likewise, in the uh, United States, you've got uh, NYCRR 500. Uh, you've also got um, HIPAA, um, both of which have uh, data bre- data breach requirements and incident response requirements. I mean, aside from all the you know, regulatory requirements, uh, you know, why else, why else should you have a data breach plan? There's a number of reasons. Um, you know, reputational. Um, the reputational impact is uh, most certainly um, one of the key aspects um, because organisations uh, that suffer a data breach typically get regarded badly by their customers. So it's a reputational aspect really more than anything, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, aside from the you know, aside from the fact that you may be fined by a regulator or prosecuted by law enforcement or face shareholder action, depending on the, the nature of your organization, the the damage comes from the reputational damage of your customers uh, regarding you differently and uh, in many cases leaving, um, you know, not be, being customers or not renewing if it's a, an insurance product, something like that. We saw that with the Talk Talk. They saw a large number of people actually move away because they didn't trust Talk Talk any longer. <clears throat> but my, you know, my impression is not being someone who's you know, deeply embedded in, in the sort of, you know, in obviously a security breach team in, in a business is that people seem to shy away from this because they think it's a very complex sort of subject. So it's you know, too too difficult to get the head around. Is that is that something that you... you no, it's you? it's not at all, I don't think, Chris. I mean, I, I came a little bit closer and that makes me, um, you know, that empowers me with the knowledge to be able to create data breach plans and it's something that I've done a number of times. I'm not talking in terms of the sort of, you know, people, if you're a cyber expert or mm. if you're so the IT, I'm talking about sort of senior leadership. It's... Uh, I mean, are they, you know, if you're a you know, mid 
50s CEO of a business who, mm. who knows how to run a business, you know, people, but is it, you know, data, the, the, you know, is, is it becoming a bit too complex or is that being way too patronising? No. <laughs> <laughs> patronising you, Chris, never, surely. No, I think, um, I think there are complexities, but the, the, the kind of person that you described there who doesn't have the, the skills and the capability to do it, doesn't have the team around them, then they can reach out to organisations like Fifth Step. That's exactly you know, part of the services that we provide, is to help um, organisations of those, uh, you know, of those kinds. But if the, the point is, I mean, it's customers now. I mean, you know, one of the things with the GDPR is it's about data subjects rights, isn't it? So customers are beginning to understand their rights a bit more in this area, aren't they? But customers are understanding their rights. They're also understanding the damage that is done by their personal data being uh, breached and being picked up by hackers, um, they're also um, you know, very aware of the, the choice and the options that they have. And there's a lot of research that suggests that after a data breach, organisations you know, suffer a loss. And those who handle um, the data breach badly will, um, will suffer more at the hands of, um, of their customers leaving than those actually have a good plan and deal with it better. But it's not just the customers. I mean, in terms of the causality of these kind of events, I mean, in terms of Equifax, the, apparently the CEO, the CIO and the CISO have all retired, haven't they, since the announcement of the... Uh, they have, yeah. I mean, I mean, we have to stress, I guess, that um, you know, whilst uh, their retirement plans were, were not known before the breach, uh, obviously they could have all had plans to retire, but, um, you know, both yes. you and I are a little bit cynical of that, I know, Chris, but... Um, yeah, yeah well, I, I am cynical about that, yeah, I, because it's not unusual for um, senior members of, uh, you know, senior executives... Um, to leave the organisation after a breach like this because they're held accountable and responsible, and as they should be, because it is the responsibility of the board and the senior executive team to be able to deal with and prepare the organisation uh, for the risks it faces. It's part of the fiduciary duties of, um, you know, of senior executives and the board to do that. And data breaches are not an unforeseeable risk these days. Um, is there any likelihood um, in terms of the US where you know, it's probably a bit more hard-hitting than, than the Europe in some ways, is that anyone going to jail for a data breach or you know, if the organisation is so badly impacted that there's a major liability for the organisation or, or whatever? Uh, that's possible. I guess, um, I, I guess under some of the Sarbanes-Oxley um, stuff, you know, people did go to jail for a WorldCom. That wasn't for data breach uh, as such, but I, I guess... If it impacts the um, the ability of the organisation to report its numbers or uh, or things like that, but certainly you will see shareholder action and, and class uh, class suits. And you know we've we've seen you know Equifax, we've seen the Deloitte one you mentioned, you know the Yahoo one, uh, which um, you know that rolled on for I think it was about four years um, mm. from the breach being discovered to it actually being made public, which is unconscionable. Because <coughs> well, it was Deloitte as well, apparently. I mean, it was, um, it was a number of months, at least, with Deloitte. Yeah. Going back to March, I think. Yeah. And, and likewise with Equifax, there was um, you know, 143 million records or, or people's data um, were personal data were exposed. Okay, well, that's all, that's all um, sort of interesting stuff, though, in terms of you know, understanding the severity and the importance of this, but I guess what we need to find out have you got any sort of practical, practical, you know, advice or tips on how you, you go about creating a data breach plan? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, um, and this is useful information as well. If you already have a data breach plan in place, that you should look back at it, review it against um, some of these criteria. So, um, first of all, 
make sure your plan covers the roles and responsibilities um, that your staff or external third parties, you know, vendors, whoever, uh, make sure that it covers the roles and responsibilities. Who's going to do what? What they're responsible for? When they should do it? There are a number of reasons for that. Uh, primary one being data breaches and such incidents can be very stressful events. You don't want to be deciding this information uh, you know, during the course of a, an incident. Better to decide it up front as far as possible, but be flexible with it. Um, the second aspect around that is that communications may be disrupt disrupted by your data breach as well. So the ability to communicate as freely as you can outside of a breach um, whilst you're actually undergoing a breach can, uh, can also be compromised. So make sure that people have the plan, understand the plan, have access to the plan. Yeah. Um, what about you know to making sure that you know you're, you have a good plan for triage and breach mitigation? Absolutely. Step number two is uh, most definitely triage and, uh, and mitigation. So understand how you're going to deal with the breach. Understand how you're going to um, uh, triage it, and understand the nature of the breach. So the, its size, its shape, uh, and and its scale. Um, this is really very much not only um, stopping the breach if it's still in progress. You know if you discover it. As a, uh, as a live event, uh, so it's not only about stopping the event, it's also for preparing and gathering the information required um, to deal with and to communicate with regulators and stakeholders, um, customers, uh, all of those kinds of people. It seems to me that when these things get announced or they're, they're discovered, for example, it was the Guardian that uh, uncovered the most recent uh, breach, and the, these organisations seem to go into a complete communications meltdown. Um, and, and they, they don't they don't announce it. I mean, surely nowadays the first thing you have to do from a communications perspective, and I'm, I've done PR in various roles over the years, you need to just be open and transparent. Don't you? you do, uh, Chris, um, and I think they go down into meltdown because they don't have um, a good uh, data breach incident response plan. Um, and if they do have a good one, it doesn't include the aspects of communication. And you know the third step on our list is having a good communication plan. You know, know who you're going to communicate with, what you're going to communicate them, um, you know, when you're going to communicate it, and how frequently you're going to keep them updated. Now, there's also the aspect of not going out to the press too early and speculating. Um, I think uh, you know, one of the, the downfalls of the um, or one of the lessons learned, should I say, from the Talk Talk incident was. Um, the CEO uh, there, whose name escapes me, um, uh, but uh, she went out um, in front of the cameras far too quickly, uh, didn't have nearly enough information, um, and was pushed on points that she couldn't answer at that point. So make sure that you have enough information, but be open, be transparent, but also be open and transparent about the fact that this is an evolving situation and that you don't have all of the answers yet. And what's more, you know, if it's you know the first. Uh, few hours of a, of a, of a breach, um, that's okay, and making sure that you're robust and able to uh, communicate that in a way that doesn't look as if you're trying to hide something, and looks as if you're well uh, well informed and yes. in control of the situation. So, uh, no, how, what do you need to do to get you know, the business up and running and back, back to normal uh, as soon as possible? Well, that's gonna. That's most definitely the you know the fourth part. If a plan doesn't include this part, then actually it's not a very good plan at all because um, the the whole aspect of triaging and communication and you know communicating with law enforcement and things like that, all of those points are really good um, uh, good aspects and the things that are critical to having an incident response plan. But the whole purpose is to get back get the business back to okay. uh, you know back as quickly as possible. So. 
making sure that you've got a tailored uh, plan there, understanding the nature and how your organisation is going to respond to a data breach and, and what it's going to affect and how quickly you can get your business back online. But tailor, tailor that, but keep it flexible and have a framework that is um, understanding of the fact that some data breaches are different to other data breaches. So don't be too um, prescriptive about the approach is my, uh, my, okay. uh, my advice on that. Okay, all, all, all fascinating stuff. Um, thanks for that. I mean, it's going to be a shorter blog today. Um, I mean, part, part of the reason for that is actually that, that Darren has just written a very uh, well. It's not. It's called a little book of GDPR. But it's, it is. It's not. It's, if it's not, it's not actually that little, is it? It's, 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 it's still. Uh, I think the little book of GDPR PR is um, seventy pages, and then there's the CIO Navigator, which is the longer one, which is about uh, three hundred pages or something. Yeah, yeah, but the little the little book of GDPR is uh, I mean it, it actually describes you know what the, the various stages of understanding you know, GDPR and the data subject rights and what the, you need to do to be uh, compliant in time for what May is it May the twenty fifth next year May the twenty fifth twenty eighteen May yeah, yeah twenty eighteen so um, I urge anyone who's been uh, listening to this uh, this podcast to you know you can down you can get the get the book on, on Amazon I was going to say. From you know, all good retailers, but it's on Amazon for yep. nine nine ninety nine. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, we and actually, I saw the other day you had a you know you had a review. You had a five star rating. You were cheeky enough, which, Chris, which uh, I have to say I was quite suspicious. I was thinking that the name, uh, the, the, the name now, I wouldn't. You know, I'm not saying that you actually wrote it, Darren. But I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a straightforward fellow. If I'd written it, I would have told you so. But that's not what I would have done anyway. But no, it's a very effusive, it was, anyway. But uh, so, it was. It was. And uh, someone who'd read the book within a few days of it being published as well. So uh, I'm, uh, uh, well, if they're a listener, if then I'm very, um, very grateful. Thank you very much. But no, it honestly wasn't me, Chris. I, uh, uh, I don't well, believe in I believe, I believe, I believe you fouled with it. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on, on that note, and also of course, uh, you know, apart from the little book of GDPR, uh, Darren is a prolific uh, blogger, uh, a, a podcaster, as you know, and done a few YouTube videos. But you can find uh, his writings, and, and for other people from Fifth Step, have done quite a lot of yeah, writing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, www. So that's F-I-F-T-H-S-T-E-P dot com, and of course we have uh, the app Fifth Step. Uh, Twitter account. Yeah, you can find us on LinkedIn as and well. And LinkedIn, uh, we have to probably get into Snapchat at some point, I should think. But well, we've got Instagram accounts, but we don't. Uh, yeah, we don't really. Uh, I, I, we've got faces for uh, faces Please. for podcasts. <laughs> and we've said, we, Chris, so. Yeah. Okay. So, well, well, thanks for that, and uh, look forward to speaking to you for our next podcast. Thanks very much, Chris.